Come on. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grombacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, a strong and powerful Marco Santarelli. Marco, are you ready to do this? I am ready, George. Thanks for uh, inviting me on the show. You I'm bet. excited about it. Let's do this. Marco is the founder of Narada Real Estate and the host of the Passive Real Estate Investing Podcast. He's on a mission to help people create financial freedom by taking the guesswork out of investing. I'm excited to have you on. Marco, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I consider myself an investor, more specifically a real estate investor, but first and foremost, I'm a husband and a father. Um, you know, I love educating people, and, you know, I like Robert Kiyosaki, who's become a friend of mine. Uh, you know, we have recognized the fact that there is not enough financial education in, in, in this country and in this world. You know, we just don't have that in the school system. Uh, so people become educated academically and even professionally, but not financially. And I think it's just this huge problem that we have. And uh, this is why, you know, guys like you and myself and others, you know, do these podcasts and put out great content is just to help, you know, educate people. So, you know, if you want to ask me what I'm about, well, it's about, you know, having fun, investing, having time, freedom, lifestyle, educating and giving back. I like it. Those are all those are all excellent reasons to be doing what you're doing. So I very much appreciate that. You know, it's it's interesting. You you, you mentioned Robert Kiyosaki, who, you know, I don't know that I've ever really considered it, but between he and and people like Dave Ramsey and Susie Orman are probably the most well known and effective advisors out there in in, in their respective fields. Um, why do you think that that, that Robert's been so successful? I think he's just found a, a need, known or unknown, you know, defined or undefined, out there to to educate people for something that they need, they know they need to know, and they probably hunger for, but never really stop to ask the question. Because guess what? We grow up in in the school system, which I call public indoctrination camp, and we're never really taught that. You know, we're we're living off this school system model that is really a remnant of the industrial age. It's not a remnant of the information age. Back then, you know, if you went to school, uh, I'm talking like decades ago and hundreds of years ago, you were basically trained to be, you know, an obedient employee. You had one job, one career, and typically that's all you had for your whole life. Today, it's not uncommon for someone to have five, 10 or more careers during their working life. And so we're just living in a different time. And, and, you know, the financial system's different, you know, the, 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 um, the economy is different. Everything is different. You know, we're, we're now, you know, we have the federal reserve, we have debt, you know, these are not assets. These are debt instruments. So many things have changed. I mean, we could literally make three episodes out of that one question, George. Um, but you just have to change with the time and realize that what worked with your parents 30 plus 40 plus years ago doesn't work today. It doesn't work anymore that way. Yeah, yeah. There's an awful lot of talk today about financial literacy, and I think that that's nothing but a good thing. And there's an awful lot of of people who are taking up the medium of of podcasting, and I think that that's nothing but a good thing. I think the mm -hmm. and then as I say that, I realize well, maybe <laughs> there's already too much information out there. So perhaps perhaps we will get to a sweet spot where there's just the right amount of information, or perhaps. Um, or perhaps we will figure out how to be doing a better job of teaching young people about about finance. So, but I guess that's that, that's sort of what we're working on. So, 
kind of cutting through complexity, you, you, you mentioned in, or rather I mentioned that it's your mission to help people create financial freedom by taking the guesswork out of investing. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah. So, I mean, I could answer that in so many different ways. I, I probably can simplify it by saying this, that there's a lot of people, most people know that real estate is a great investment. You know, it's a great way to create income and cash flow, and it's a great way to create and preserve wealth. Uh, so most people think about it, fewer people do something about it in terms of taking, you know, educating themselves or taking the first step. And then even far fewer actually pull the trigger and, and, and start investing to create that foundation, that financial freedom to invest in their selves today and for the future, like as in retirement. So it, it, for, I guess for a lot of people, it just seems like this huge hurdle or, or mountain to overcome. But the reality is it's not that hard and it's not that complicated. And it all starts with education, educating yourself, then surround yourself with the right team of people to work with. And, um, you know, everything I'm telling you is really the basis of why I started the business 15 years ago that I did. But if you if someone came to you and said, George, I, I know you're interested in real estate and, you know, you've been thinking about it, but maybe you just don't know what the next step is. Here's a roadmap. Let me put it in front of you. And by the way, here's some great investment properties in good markets, good neighborhoods. They cash flow positive. You, they're quote unquote turnkey. You know, do your due diligence, but essentially acquire these properties, and you start cash flowing from day one. I think you would stop and pay attention, and maybe even look into it and say, "Geez, this is an interesting, interesting solution or interesting, um, you know." Um, opportunity. So, mm -hmm. you know, why not look into it? Well, I think a lot of people don't know that that solution exists, which it does. But, but the more general answer to the question is that a lot of people just don't take the steps. They don't put, they don't take the action to put into motion what they need to do in order to accomplish, you know, those goals. They just get sucked into the, you know, the daily routine of life. That that is the truth. There's a lot of reasons why people do not take action, why they do not follow through on the things that they really want. Um, and we're probably not going to solve that one today. But <laughs> but I, I I tell you what, Marco, when you were describing uh, educate yourself, there's a turnkey process. You'll be successful. That certainly perked my ears up. So I, I imagine that that's a lot of the work that you do. Um, are there certain rules that you follow? Uh, or just kind of walk me through how if if I were to say yep. I, I raise my hand. I'm interested in, in, in doing this. How do I get started? So are you asking me about the rules I follow? Or are you asking me about the process or both? Like, yeah, <laughs> so, I actually, I, I was going to do one at a time, but then I just did it at the same time. So, <laughs> all right. so, so, <laughs> so whichever one you think is, 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 is more appropriate to answer to, uh, to, to help educate our audience. Well, let's let's just fly through um, my my ten rules of successful real estate okay. investing. Literally, we could talk for one to two hours about this because we can go take a deep dive into each and every one, uh, and you could literally create an episode around each of these ten. But just so people have a forty thousand foot view of what I've basically compiled over the last ten, uh, fifteen years, um, it all starts with number one, and that's educate yourself. We've already talked about this, but you know, knowledge is the new currency. And if you want to go from bad to good and good to great, you really need to educate yourself. And there's no excuse for not doing that because there's so much free content out there today with, you know, with, with the internet and with podcasts that it's really hard to make the excuse that I can't educate myself. So that's step one. And, and that is the beginning of everything. 
So as you do that, and while you're doing that, which that should never end, and even Kiyosaki, by the way, is a lifelong student. I, I, you know, I know, I know Robert. I believe um, it. He, uh, you know, he'll go to sem- seminars and conferences, and he'll sit at the back with a notebook and he'll take notes. I mean, as, as successful as he is, he has over seven thousand units in his portfolio, but he's still a student. So, you know, if you could model that, you, you'll be very successful. Uh, number two, you know, something most people don't do, uh, unfortunately, um, they need to, and that's a, and that's set, set investment goals. It's statistically proven time and time again that if you actually write down clear, specific, and measurable goals, that you can create those into a roadmap, and you will be more successful than someone who's just wishing to be successful. That's the truth. So, so really, you know, just just define what you want, break it down into little baby steps, and create the roadmap for yourself. And it's not that hard to do, really. The third, uh, and I apologize if I'm talking real fast here, George. I'm just trying to cover a lot in a short period no, of time, but you can stop me anytime. All right. So the third is to never speculate. You know, a lot of people think that investing, quote unquote, investing is speculating in real estate. They buy a property, they want the value to go up, so they just hope it appreciates. And then, you know, they, they flip it down the road and they take a chunk of cash. The reality is, is I don't define that as investing. That's speculating. You're really just chasing after capital gains. What you should be doing is investing in the right markets and in the right neighborhoods and making it a prudent investment where you have cash flow from day one. Equity will take care of itself. You know, as they say, equity happens because properties over the long term will appreciate because it's just the natural effect of inflation. And the equity will grow as the loan amortizes because guess what? Your tenant is paying off the mortgage for you. So what's left over after all is said and done is your positive cash flow which segues to my fourth rule, and that is invest for cash flow. When you do that, you have an immediate rate of return. Uh, you grow your, your monthly and your annual income. The equity will take care of itself over time, but, but I call cash flow the glue that keeps your investment together. So if every single property or properties or you know fourplexes, duplexes, apartments, whatever you're buying, if they're all cash flow positive, then guess what? The deal stays together. You have the funds there to not only cover the expenses and take care of maintenance and repairs, but put money in your pocket. And that that asset will grow in value and, and your equity will grow, your net worth will grow over time. So if you invest for cash flow, everything else takes care of itself. Fifth is to be market agnostic. A lot of people make the mistake of, of following the so-called gurus, quote unquote, and investing within a one hour or two hour radius of where they live. Well, that's great if you're lucky enough to be in a good market like, uh, well, Phoenix was for the most part where you live. You know, uh, years ago, we were in and out of Phoenix twice. But a lot of the markets in the Midwest, the Southeast, pockets of the Northeast are, are conducive to having good cash flow and strong, strong local economies. But if you look at the coastal markets, that ship has sailed a long time ago. Right. Where I live here in Southern California, it's a million dollar house, a single family home. You can't rent that for enough to cover all your expenses and generate any kind of reasonable rate of return. <laughs> nope. <laughs> so you, you do need to be market agnostic. And I use the analogy of, of investing in Coca-Cola. If I want to invest in Coke, who has a corporate head office in Atlanta, Georgia, and I live in Orange County, California, how the heck am I going – why would I stop myself from investing in Coca-Cola if I think that's the best stock to invest in because I don't live in Atlanta? That's, that's just silly. Same thing with real estate. You know, you still have to pick the best markets and the best neighborhoods and have the right team uh, to do that. So to just be market agnostic. That's a great way to describe that. And that's very interesting. Sort of a definitely a paradigm shift for people, though. 
It is. It is because most most you know quote unquote experts and gurus tell us that we should you know invest locally, which often means buy, fix, and flip, not buy and hold. Right. And um and you know be be close by. So if 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 and when something goes wrong, you can drive by it and 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 do something about it. Well, odds are even if you could drive by it. You're not odd. You're not the one that's going to be making the repairs. You know, if it's a plumbing issue or whatever the case is, so you don't need to be there. Right. All right. So flying on uh, number six, um, I like to say that you should take a top-down approach, which is often what a lot of investors don't do. They get presented a quote-unquote deal, and it, you know it looks good on paper. The photos look good. The videos look good. The numbers make sense. Uh, it looks like a great property, great investment. But guess what? If you step back and not be so myopic and you look at the, the street it's on, the neighborhood it's in, and maybe even the market that it's in, you might realize that, geez, it's a dilapidated street in, in kind of a sketchy neighborhood in the middle of Detroit where they have negative you know, migration rates. So is that deal the same to you now as it was before? Probably not. Probably. Yeah, probably not. So taking a top-down approach means that you don't start with the property, but you actually start with the market. And you choose the market based on the health of the housing market and the local economy. You look at things like unemployment, employment, jobs, job growth, population growth. Do you want negative or positive net migration coming into that market? Are there other drivers? Does it have a diverse economy where you, you know you have all kinds of industry, from you know from housing to finance to hospitality to you name it? Or is it a one-trick pony like where it's heavily oil and gas? Well, you got you know that's why you look at the market first. Then you look at the areas and the neighborhoods within that market, and you choose that based upon your investment criteria. Which, as a side note, is something we always talk about and pull out of people's heads when, when we have a strategy session with them, because it's it's not a one size fit, fits all. Everybody's different, and what they're looking for is different. But it goes through the same methodology, the same framework of starting with the market, then the areas within that market, the neighborhoods. And then you look at the properties and tied into the property, you have, you know, your entire team wrapped around it from property management to lenders to, you know, title companies, inspectors, attorneys, and all that good stuff. So think of it like a funnel. Got it. Number seven is diversify across markets. Now, this is geographic diversification, not diversification across asset classes. You can still do that, but, you know, we love real estate for many, many reasons. But um, diversifying across markets typically will mean that you're building a foundation or a footprint within a particular market that you've chosen in the previous step or rule, and you acquire three to five income properties in that market. And then once you've done that, you can look at other markets and build your portfolio in a geographically different location. That often means another state. But if you can do three to five properties in three to five geographically different markets, You've created a great foundation, a great portfolio that if you did nothing else and you just paid off those mortgages, if that's your strategy, there's other advanced strategies where you literally never pay off the mortgages. You just keep building your portfolio. But if you did that, guess what? If, if you end up with, let's say, 15 properties over the course of you know, 10, 15, 20 years and you pay off those mortgages and they're all generating 1000 to 1500 a month, well, do the math. You're you're in the ten to twenty thousand per month income, passive income range here. Right. That's you know that 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 to me is a great retirement plan or a financial freedom plan. Sounds good to me. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so that that's the whole diversification thing. Uh, number eight sounds like common sense, but use professional property management. You know, a lot of people think that they need to manage the properties themselves. 
Well, the reality is, is most people are not good managers. They don't understand, you know, the local tenant landlord laws. They may not have good marketing skills. Uh, they may not have strong people skills. Um, so if you have someone separated from you that you pay, it's a business expense to manage everything for you from A through Z, uh, screen and place the tenants, you know, answer phone calls, deal with any kind of issues that may come up, uh, you know, collect and collect and send you the rents and do all that stuff. Uh, I think that's the best use of your time because then you can spend your time focused on your career, your family, Johnny's soccer game on the weekend, right. uh, and more importantly, looking for more properties. You know, be be the CEO of your real estate company and turn it into an empire rather than rolling up your sleeves and doing the work. Yeah, I appreciate that. I think that that makes a lot of sense and paying for professional advice has immense value across probably every different um, industry or, or, or thing. Something I'm curious about, um, do you recommend that you keep your investment management costs to a certain percentage of the cash flow coming in or is that possible to do? Most everything is negotiable. Okay. Um, th- what what they might call the street rate, as if you're like you know newly walking off, walking in off the street, uh, and you know you have one rental property. Most management companies will have kind of a monthly fee of ten percent. Okay. Now, first of all, that is negotiable. Some will, some won't. But if you have a small portfolio that like you don't have one property, you have two, maybe three, maybe five or more, or you've been a long term. Um, client of a management company, believe me, I've done this many times. You can negotiate that rate. Um, however, it could be argued that here's the flip side of that. I would say that it may not be in your best interest to try and nickel and dime and negotiate your your property manager because you obviously want them to be on their toes all the time, responsive and be available to you and and treat your properties as if they were their properties. Yeah. And and I'm not saying they wouldn't do that, but but I'd rather, I'd, I'd rather pay them the ten than try and negotiate to eight, knowing that you know they that I'm a valued customer and and you know they are generating income from my business, so it's a win-win. Um, that makes sense. I, I just you know I, I guess there's a pro and a con to to try and negotiate everything with your property manager. Mm-hmm. So got it. Thank you. So the ninth of, of my 10 is essentially maintaining control. And I know you talk to a lot of different people about a lot of different asset classes and stuff. Um, I'm just big on having direct direct control and ownership of real estate. So it simply just means to be a direct investor and, and own. Now, you don't own title in your name. That would be silly from an asset protection perspective. But it just means that you have complete control and you're investing in the hard asset, not paper assets like securities or stocks that you find on wall street and not that, you know, I, I dislike REITs like real estate investment trusts. It's just not, I'm not a fan of them. It's not my first choice. I'd rather build my own portfolio, own and control that, that real estate. And in some cases even invest in a syndication where it's really a group investment where you are partnered with other people and you have large real estate, like apartment complexes in an LLC and you all share in the, interests or the ownership of that LLC. So that's okay too. But uh, the beautiful thing is you can maintain control instead of handing your money over to essentially what you would call money managers and, you know, have your fees taken off the front, the middle and the back and you're, you carry all the risk, but you have the short end of the stick when it comes to returns. Right. Got it. And then last, but probably not least, um, <clears throat> and this is one of the beautiful things about real estate 
as I'm sure, George, you're well aware of, and that's the ability to leverage and be able to leverage this asset class like no other asset class. You could literally leverage your investment capital five to one. So I can buy today a three-bedroom, two-bath home that's $100,000 that is in a great neighborhood, tenant-occupied, generating positive cash flow, um, and put 20% down, so $20,000 plus you know closing, co- closing costs, um, and borrow the other 80% from lenders that are almost tripping over themselves to want to lend me money to buy that real estate. You can't do that with this. You can't do that with any other asset class. Um, you know, you can argue that stock can be leveraged two to one, you know, with a margin account, but then there could be a margin call and it sure. doesn't have the same tax benefits. So the fact that you can leverage your investment capital into more property um, leverages your 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 investment and magnifies your overall rate of return. And at the end of the day, what it does is it, is it, it accelerates your wealth creation. And so this is why I love real estate. Nice. You covered a lot of ground there, sir. Well, that's, that's, that is well done. And Marco, Thank Savage you. Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? We touched upon this before. I could probably give you 10 tips. <laughs> <laughs> that, w- that would be a, like a whole other episode. But look, you know, at the end of the day, I said it before. I'll say it again. A lot of people think about it. They're on a spectrum. They're, they're either just thinking about it. They've been thinking about it for a while. They're, they're, they're finally educating themselves on how to invest or maybe they purchased their first or second rental property. Regardless of where you are, it all comes down to one thing. The rubber meets the road when you start taking action. That's when things change. So you can become the most knowledgeable person on investing in real estate in the world, but if you don't actually take action and make it happen, you'll still be where you are today five years from now. So take action. Well, I think that that is great stuff. That definitely gets a come on. Come on. Marco, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? And tell us exactly um, if people do engage with you, you do help them or teach them step by step how to do the things we've been talking about. Yeah. So the teaching part of it is is all free. You know, we put out a ton of content on our two websites, including a podcast and other stuff. We have a book coming out. So, so we never charge for information. It's all there available and free. Just, you know, just like, you know, you're the great service you're providing with your podcast. Um, on the other end of that spectrum, the, you know, the service side that happens to be free as well. I mean, we, we basically will hold your hand and walk you through the entire process. Um, you guide you into choosing the markets, the properties which we have available and provide that entire service, uh, you know, kind of a done with you and done for you service of building your real estate portfolio with inventory we already have, uh, completely turnkey inventory. And those strategy sessions and, and everything we do are wrapped around that all comes as a value added service. So it's free. We never charge you ever for, for that. And that information that I'm talking about is available on two different websites. Uh, the home of our podcast is PassiveRealEstateInvesting.com, and that website links over to the other one, which is NoradaRealEstate.com, Norada being N-O-R-A-D-A, NoradaRealEstate.com. Excellent. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Marco your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Check out the podcast. Check out all the great information that they have at PassiveRealEstateInvesting.com or NoradaRealEstate.com, and I will list that in the notes of the show as well. Thank you again, Marco. George, thank you so much. I appreciate it.
And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. What's up, Savage Nation? Please support the show by subscribing, leave us a review, and definitely feel free to share us with somebody you think would like it. Come on!